This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. This is part two of a two-part podcast. If you'd like part one, you'll find it at PersonalLifeMedia.com. I'm Terry Hausman, host of Beauty Now. We have a weekly show on all the latest things like lasers, lifts, lashes, lipo, breast dogs, tummy tucks, and we're back with round two. Dr. Brett Mulliken is telling us all about your saggy necks, cheeks, foreheads, and everything else. Don't smoke. It, it's much worse than just the wrinkles you get around your mouth. It kind of damages the skin as a whole. When we're doing surgery on smokers, the complication rate is so incredibly high because smoking literally damages the blood supply to the entire body. It causes you know damage to the skin as a whole. It causes shutting down of little arteries. So when we do surgery on someone who smokes or who has smoked in the past, we need to be very careful. This person may look normal, but their blood supply is not. What happens to the eyes over time is they start to look older. You can take that droopy skin away, but also there's tremendous volume loss around the eyes. We literally lose fat around the eyes, and they appear sunken and hollow. Now, we don't just take away skin and fat from the eyes anymore. We really want to restore the fat because that's part of the problem. Yes, we can take some of the extra skin away, but let's also replace some of the volume that's been taken away by age. African-American skin is tough, and microdermabrasions are generally fine. And even the photofacial, you know, used very, very carefully can be fine. But we want to be very, very careful before we do lasers on the skin because what if it damages the pigment cells and you get a white spot? And that's why we don't do CO2 laser at all on black patients because the risk is just so high. Welcome back, Dr. Mulliken. Well, it is great to be back. Well, we had a great show with you last week, and you were talking about the live fill. And so let's just touch base. If you guys, my listeners, didn't hear last week, please listen to round one. Live fill is the latest thing that Dr. Mulliken has been working on, and it sounds amazing. Please tell our listeners. Well, live fill is basically a way to fill in the hollowness that occurs with aging. So people, as their faces age, they get really hollow. Their eyes get hollow. Their cheeks get hollow. You know, the smile lines, the nasolabial folds get hollow. And sometimes the lips even decrease in size. So what one of the things we've been working on is something called live fill. And it's basically the patient's own tissue. We just take strips of the patient's own tissue. We do not damage it. So we do, don't suction it. We don't inject it in any way. But we make a little incision and we place the live fill grafts into the hollow areas in the face. And then the body's blood supply, then it checks the ID to make sure it's, you know, not somebody else's because it's going to reject that. But life can't be rejected because it's the patient's own tissue. And then blood supply from the patient grows into the life grafts and it becomes part of the patient. So you can put it in your lips? 
You can put it in your lips. Lips is a great place to put it in. And we, for the, we make an incision inside the mouth, you know, so you really don't see it. And we put the lye fill into the lips and also down into the frown area called the marionette area. And that's the, those are the howdy-doody lines, the ones that go down from the mouth to the chin area. And they start to form, and they get worse and worse over time. So if we put a little bit of lye fill in there, that really helps to reduce the, the uh, you know, impression of aging. What if you've already had some, a filler like Radius, which is supposed to last a year and a half? Can you still get lye fill? You can still get lye fill if you've had a filler. Usually we like to wait a while, you know, depending on the filler. So, you know, much of the filler has gone away. But I can tell, you know, when I get in where the filler's been. So I can still work with that. And especially like in the lips, because usually people get their lips filled pretty often. Yes, lip 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 filling has become really, really popular. Now, there's one kind of artistic thing. When you go to have filler put in your lips, always make sure the doctor puts a little bit in the smile lines and a little bit in the frown lines. The reason is that your your face ages overall, and you don't want to just rejuvenate one little area. So you see older ladies come in, and they get their lips augmented and nothing else, and it looks odd. How do you, know, you tell them that they need to do it? As I, I just, oh, you just tell them right away. You say, yeah, I'd be happy to do your lips, but what do you think about the smile lines and the frown lines? Because it'll look more natural that way. What if they say no? Well, then, you just tell them it'll look more symmetrical? Usually people, when you... When you uh, tell things to them logically, usually they'll go with that. Um, you know, there are some people who say, yeah, okay, you know, I, I'll just take my chances and, you know, just augment my lips. And usually it looks a little odd, you know, right. a I odd. Mean, Especially when they have really deep lines around from the nose to the lip. Absolutely. When, when we're rejuvenating the face, we don't just want to do kind of one area because then it'll look like an older face that has one area rejuvenated. So a lot of times when we put filler in or when we do, you know, the facelifts, that's the whole reason for the 360 facelift. We look at the face from all angles is we want to make the whole face less old and try to, you know, address all the little nooks and crannies and the little areas of hollowness, you know, or at least as many as we can. Well, in our last episode, we, we did talk about the 360 facelift. I want to talk more about that, but I want to also touch base, which I didn't ask you, was if you have like that big fat pad underneath your chin? Right. What do you do about that? Well, the fat pad under the chin is a tough problem. For very young patients, a lot of times we can just do liposuction under the chin and that will be plenty. For people in their 20s and 30s, usually just liposuction will do just fine. There are some patients who have, you know, they have fat under their chin, but they also have the tongue muscle called the hyoid bone is really, really low. So you know that the people who look like they have almost no neck or the chin goes directly into the chest? Right. So for patients like that, we don't just want to do lipo because it won't do enough. And, and those patients, we want to think about doing a neck lace procedure. And what that is, is it's an incision below the chin, and we actually tighten up the muscles, like an interlacing fashion, almost like a, like a shoe, like a shoelace. We tighten up those muscles aggressively, and that gives a better jaw angle. You know, so, so we don't like to see a double chin from the side, or worse yet, the chin going right into the, the neck. So we need something a little bit more aggressive than just liposuction alone. What about when older ladies have the big hanging chin thing going on, and... 
the neck. Is that included in the neck, or do you have to tell them that's something separate? Well, a lot of times when when it's called a witch's chin, and it, it's kind of <laughs> on Elizabeth Taylor, you can see it a teeny bit, you know, where the chin kind of comes down. It's almost used to be going forward, and then it kind of sags down, and it's a difficult problem to fix. But when we're doing the neck lace procedure, we actually go backwards. And we take that witch's chin and then we incorporate it, you know, into the neck lace repair. So it makes the neck much smoother. And the angle that the neck makes with the jaw, we want it to be nice and smooth and not have that, you know, witch's chin bump. So the witch's chin is definitely something to fix. The reason I'm obsessed with it is you see so many women with gorgeous faces because they've had sailors or a lift or something, but then their neck looks horrible. You know how they'll wear a scarf to try to hide it or something like that. So I'm really about today, I want to talk about how can we rejuvenate our necks? Well, there are lots of ways to rejuvenate the neck. In young patients, you know, liposuction is great. You know, as people get in their 40s, sometimes a neck lace alone is enough. But then we have to start thinking about mini facelifts. And the reason for that is once the skin starts to sag, then nothing we do by removing tissue like liposuction, is going to help that sagging skin. So we actually need to tighten the sagging skin. For very minor sagging, we can do laser resurfacing. And that tightens up a little bit in the CO2, but it's not the same as actually getting in there and removing a bunch of extra skin. You know, you know the magic fingers? You know what magic fingers are? Magic fingers are when you go up to the mirror and you take your fingers and you put them on your face and then you pull back and you go, oh my gosh, that looks good. Those are magic fingers. Um, yeah, no. Okay. Right. And that's the scourge of plastic surgeons because people come in with those magic fingers and they, you know, they want you to do miracles because their magic fingers can do miracles. So, you know, as a plastic surgeon, you always have to kind of bring people down to earth sometimes and say, well, those are magic fingers, so we can't use those. I like but that. here's what I can do. Right. You're a, a physician, not a magician. Exactly, exactly. Actually, though, I really think you guys are magicians when you see some really great work. So I think that's not actually really true. What can we do about wrinkles in your cheeks and things like that? I know you're going to do the lift, and I see people that have a facelift and everything, but then they don't do the fillers, and they still look old. Right. Well, wrinkles in the face, you know, there are sort of two ways to look at it. One is that sun has shone down, it's damaged the DNA of the skin, and we have sun damage. We have wrinkles and sunspots, and sometimes those wrinkles get really deep. So we can't treat wrinkles like that with facelifts. We have to treat those wrinkles with resurfacing. And, you know, lots of different types of resurfacing, but basically all of them do the same thing. They all damage the skin a little bit and let new skin grow. Right. And I think that's amazing. I I love some of the new treatments out like Fraxel. I love love the Fraxel repair. I've seen some amazing results because I'm a sun worshiper. And so I just do that on a regular basis just to rejuvenate myself. And I think that's what people need to look at regardless if they've had surgery or not. So Exactly. It's sort of taking care of your skin. And there right. you know the Fraxels, one of the new treatments, you know, um the uh photofacial is something mm-hmm. that is, you know, relatively safe and, and gives a decent result. You know, and all these things done together. But of course the number one and two things that people need to remember is number one, don't smoke. Because Let's smoking, talk about that. Yeah, smoking will damage, damage, damage the skin. It's much worse than just the wrinkles you get around your mouth. It kind of damages the skin as a whole. When we're doing surgery on smokers, you know, 
the complication rate is so incredibly high because smoking literally damages the blood supply to the entire body, including the face. We always think about, oh, smoking, I'll either get lung cancer or I won't. Oh, no, smoking causes these little lip wrinkles that get worse and worse and worse. It causes you know, damage to the skin as a whole. It causes shutting down of the little arteries. So when we do surgery on someone who smokes or who has smoked in the past, we need to be very careful and just realize that, hey, this person may look normal, but their blood supply is not. And explain what happens when you cut into somebody that lies to you about smoking. Oh, you definitely wouldn't want to lie to your doctor about smoking because, you know, for a facelift, you you do this beautiful facelift and you get this incredible result. And a patient could smoke a cigarette and the very next day, there would be a huge black scab of dead skin. That's literally how powerful smoking is in a negative way. It kills your skin. And it literally kills the skin. My mom just died of lung cancer, so not only am I oh. against smoking for that, but also because I really want everybody to have be healthy from the inside out, and you're not going to be able to have this procedure if you're smoking, let alone if you get lung cancer, you're taking big risk here. So, and I'm going to dedicate this to my mom, and also I'm going to warn my sister. She's trying really hard to quit, Mary Jo, and so hopefully she'll listen to this and quit right away. She's trying, but um, I'm on her. We're on her, right, doctor? Well, the biggest gift you can give to somebody who smokes is hound them until they quit. That's what we're doing. Hound them till they quit. And eventually, you know, maybe the voices will prevail and, and the, the person will lay down that, those cigarettes. We have really an interesting thing among our patients. When a patient comes, comes in for plastic surgery, we tell them, look, you have to stop smoking for four weeks before and four weeks after. And once they do that, that's eight weeks, that's two months that they stop smoking. Well, if they can stop for two months, they can stop for good. And we have a number of patients who have actually done it and quit that way without medicines, just by pure willingness. So by willpower, you know, I really want this plastic surgery because I don't want to look old anymore. Right. And you want to look as beautiful as you want to feel. Exactly. And, and that is the thing that prompts them to stop smoking. Well, Isn't that I'm interesting? pray for my sister that she quit smoking and I'm going to be on her. I'm going to be on her so, because she's going to come into you. Well, that is a gift. That is a gift. You know, if you can get her to quit smoking, that's far more important than anything I could possibly do in my operating room. Well, I'm, I'm on her, and so we'll be in there soon, and I, I believe in her that she's going to quit. I really do. I think she's going to be serious about it. We're talking about it. So, And anybody else out there that if you're thinking of quitting, you know, just go down to two a day. You can go down to two cigarettes a day and then cut it out. It's not, you know, you can actually gradually quit, or if you can't, go to an addiction specialist and have him prescribe some Chantrix. There's been some... Is that how you say that, Dr. Mulkin, Chantrix? Yeah, you know, there are lots of new medicines that are coming out that are having benefits, you know, for smokers. And I think those are all great and, you know, whatever else people want to do if they want to do acupuncture or behavioral therapy modification. But ultimately, ultimately it's going to come down to a willingness to quit. Yes, and, if and the whatever person... works for you personally. And exactly. I think that's great advice, and I'm really glad we, we talked about this. And now we're going to have to take a short break to thank our sponsors. For PersonalLifeMedia.com, we'll be right back with Dr. Brent Bullocken.
Listen to Living Dialogues, thought leaders in transforming ourselves and our global community with Duncan Campbell, visionary conversationalist, bringing you the best in new paradigm thinking on personallifemedia.com. Hi, this is Terry Hausman for PersonalLifeMedia.com and Beauty Now. We've been getting all great information for Dr. Brent Mulliken. There's so much good information in these two episodes. It's a must-listen to. Welcome back, Dr. Mulliken. It's good to be back. Thank you. And, you know, we've touched base on a lot of things. And um, I think now we need to talk about saggy, baggy eyes, you know, eye lifts. Right. Well, the eyes, what happens to the eyes over time is they start to look older. But as a surgeon, you want to kind of analyze and say, well, why do the eyes look older? Well, the droopy skin, we all know about that, and you can take that droopy skin away. But also, there's tremendous volume loss around the eyes. We literally lose fat around the eyes, and they appear sunken and hollow. So now, we don't just take away skin and fat from the eyes anymore. We really want to restore the fat. Because that's part of the problem. Yes, we can take some of the extra skin away, but let's also replace some of the volume that's been taken away by age. That gives us a more natural look than if we just take skin and fat away the way that, you know, we had done in the past. Well, where are the incisions? I mean, sometimes you can really see people's incisions and it's kind of creepy. Right. Well, for the upper eyelids, typically what we do is we stick to the crease above the upper eyelid. And that means we don't go all the way to the center. If we go all the way to the center of the upper eyelid, then even when your eyes are open, you'll see that scar. The other thing is, when we do the upper eyelids, we want to be conservative. If we take a radical amount of skin away and fat away, the eyes are going to appear very hollow, and the scar will be there for everyone to see. So just a 5% less removal of the skin, and the eyes look so much better, and the scar is so much better hidden. Because I've actually seen women that can't even close their eyes, so it's really important to check out your doctor to make sure what kind of eye lifts they do. You know, and there's another thing that women can do without saying a word, and that is when you look at the before and the after pictures, look at the lower eyelids and see what happens to them. A lot of times when the lower eyelids are done by just removing skin and fat, the eyelids will pull down and they'll start to look rounded. Well, that's a clue that you may not want to get your eyes done there. Right. Okay. So that's good to know. Right. So we want to have natural looking eyes when we're done, natural almond shaped eyes, not eyes that look rounded or pulled down. That's one of the main causes for eyes not closing properly after surgery is that a lot of skin and fat was taken away from both the upper and the lower eyelids, and it's just too much. Well, you just brought up something that I wanted to ask on two points that, you know, I have almond eyes, and so it would be scary to get an eye lift or to have skin taken out because I wouldn't want them to look cat-like, which can happen. Right. Well, what we do for that is there's a a procedure I've published, and it's called a superficial cheek lift. And what we do is we go to just the corner of the eye, and we, we tighten, we pull up the cheek a little bit, 
And that gives us an ability to tighten the skin below the eye without changing the eye shape. Oh, yeah, that's good. It's I a like difficult that concept, but the, but the bottom line is we need to, when we do the lower lids, we need to preserve the natural almond shape of the eye. Or if someone has, you know, there are people whose eyes are just sad. They're just, there's one of our, you know, we did an extreme makeover segment on one lady whose eyes, she was very young, but she just looked so sad because her eyes literally went down in the corners. Oh. So we were able to change that slightly by making them go up a little bit and, you know, do the upper lids and the lateral brow. And the whole thing just looked more open and friendly. Yeah, that's a really good concept. I've never heard of that, to try to pull your cheek up instead. Because what about Asian eyes? I know we have a lot of Beauty Now listeners that are Asian, and, and can you say give them advice? Well, I have a philosophy about Asian eyelids. I don't like to put in the crease the way that, you know, Occidental patients have it. Because a lot of times that will just not look natural. If you put a crease in, it looks like, you know, in many cases, like an Asian person who's had their eyes done. Now, that's just totally my opinion. And there, there are, you know, doctors like Dr. Eshema in San Francisco is wonderful at, at Asian eyes, brilliant right. at Asian eyes. And he does such a subtle procedure that, you know, you barely, barely notice it. And that's the kind of surgery, if you are Asian and if you don't have a fold above your eye, that you may want to consider. What about if you're white and you're going to Dr. Ishma for, can he do white eyes? I mean, that's, I mean, a loaded yes, question, he, but... Well, he's a very good doctor. He's a very good yes, doctor. Yes, he is. No question. He's somebody I recommend a lot to people. So what about um, African-American skin? We haven't really touched upon that. For beauty now listeners that do facelift, cheek lifts, I hear that they keloid a lot and it's, it's harder for them to have surgery. Is that true? It is partially true that, you know, black patients or darkly pigmented patients can be more prone to scar formation, you know, to keloid forming. So we want to be doubly careful when we do the surgeries and make absolutely sure that the surgeries are designed right, that we're not being too aggressive, and we watch the patients very carefully postoperatively. We have them put creams on it. We see them frequently if they need any injections to reduce keloid formation, then we do those injections. So it is not just cut and run in surgery. You've got to take care of your patients afterwards. Except for, so let's touch base a little bit more about the African-American skin. What type of rejuvenation can they do? Well, it's the uh, African-American skin is tough. Of course, skin care is fine, and microdermabrasions are generally fine. And even the photofacial, you know, used very, very carefully can be fine. But we want to be very, very careful before we do lasers on the skin because what if it damages the pigment cells and you get a white spot? Now, in a, in a fair-skinned patient, if you do get a white spot, you might not even notice it, but you definitely will notice it in a darkly-skinned patient. And that's why we don't do CO2 laser at all on black patients, because the risk is just so high. And that's one of the areas where, where the new technologies of Fraxel, you know, Fraxel is very minimal compared to CO2. Right. It, it can't be compared to CO2 because it's just little teeny dots here and there that get put down on the skin. But it may be suitable for darkly skinned patients if they need to rejuvenate their skin. And I would go lightly, right? You tell the doctor to go lightly the first time to make sure. Yeah. You, you, or even you, do a test patch. Do you do that? You can do a test patch, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you want the, the best doctor, someone who's had a lot of experience with it and, and is comfortable. And he will tell you, look, your skin is a little bit of a problem potentially, so let's design our treatment differently by XYZ. 
That's what you want to hear rather than, you know, oh, we'll just do this procedure on you. You want to make sure the doctor is aware of the special risks that are involved. When we, as plastic surgeons, we see, you know, kind of two types of patients. One is the patient who's never had surgery before and is at low risk for having a problem. And then the other types of patients are patients who've had surgery before and they really need corrective work or they need additional work. And those are much more difficult, just like patients who have very dark skin. You know, there's special problems that go along with that and special risks. So then, you know, the stakes are higher. The stakes are higher because we can't, we can't have problems in those patients due to ignorance of just, you know, using the techniques that we used in, you know, fair skin patients on darkly skin patients. Well, that's all good advice. And I, the last thing I always like to touch base on this, how do we find a qualified board-certified plastic surgeon? Well, this is a very, very, very tough question. And, you know, I have a little segment on my website, you know, drbrent.com, and you could probably get it through your, through your um, um, references also. But you basically want to find someone who's board certified in plastic surgery. That's a great first step. Then there are a couple other societies that, that they can belong to, like the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, which has a, those two half circle symbols, or the Ascetic Society, which has the Nefertiti head, you know, that little right. that Egyptian head from the side. Those are all good signs, and that's a good starting point. Because you what's the difference between a cosmetic surgeon, and especially when I go to L.A., I see so many ads for cosmetic surgeons or, you know, a plastic surgeon, because I actually had a girlfriend from Newport Beach who was hilarious, and she called me up and she said, oh, this doctor doesn't believe in endoscopic brow lift. And I said, do me one favor, call back and ask, can he do them, and what type of doctor is he? Turned out he was an internist who got uh-huh. his cosmetic surgery license. And he's going to do, you know, a full frontal, what would do, what do you call that, the cranial one on the top, the, from ear to ear, yeah. the old type, and she was 39. <laughs> so. Well, luckily she headed off at the pass, you know. <laughs> um, we, we all should kind of stick to our specialties a little bit. I would never manage high blood pressure. You know, I'm just not skilled in it. And you, you wouldn't want an internist doing plastic surgery on that, I don't think. No, you definitely don't, and that's why I want to tell Beauty Now listeners, you can look up your surgeons and get their credentials, and I think we're learning more to do that than before. I think, you know, a long time ago, we were all very naive about it, but now after, you know, people have had complications, I think we do need to look up to see who is doing surgery. And I know that one thing, Dr. Brent Bolkin would be a great person if you could get to Beverly Hills to do surgery with him. I think you could feel very secure. We have learned so much great information today. Thank you so much. Well, it was certainly my pleasure. And please, listeners, listen to Part 1 first and Part 2, Beauty Now, and go to personallifemedia.com for any transcripts and links to Dr. Brent. You can find him in Beverly Hills and personallifemedia.com. If you have any show ideas or questions, concerns, you have any questions for Dr. Brent, email me at teri at personallifemedia.com. And we're going to have Dr. Brent back again because we want to know everything we can do to our bodies from the inside out to look great and feel great. Thanks again, Dr. Mulliken. Wonderful. It's wonderful talking with you. You too. Thanks. God, thank you so much. Saw you shopping at the North Star Mall. I hardly recognize you at all. 
It was until I heard you say hello I realized you were a girl I know You look completely different Than you did in 91 A total transformation Come on, admit it You had a little work done Had a little work done Holy cow It don't matter Wow, look at you now How'd you like to get together for some fun? Like it since you had a little work done Remember back in school we were drunk and with kids And I pretended that you didn't exist You were a cute thing but you couldn't be The trophy girl I wanted hanging with me You've gone from plain white bread to a honey bun I think I'd like to have a taste now Cause you're delicious since you had a little work done Had a little work done, holy smoke I noticed you, a damn near choke I think that we should get together for some fun I think I want you now, you had a little work done Had a little work done, had a little work done All around the town In your red convertible With the top down I heard the beauty Is only skin deep They call me shallow Cause you're looking Mighty sweet I never fantasized before But you wouldn't be the one But now you're in My night and day dream You're sure amazing Since you had a little work done Had a little work done Holy cow It don't matter Wow, look at you now How'd you like to get I kinda like it since you had a little work done. Had a little, had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little, had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little, had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little, had a little work done. more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.